thanks for listening to Mindfulness for the Modern Family podcast, where we dive deep into all things parenting and family. We talk about what mindfulness means within the family dynamic and how self-care is crucial, not only for ourselves, but for those we love. I'm your host, Shayla Peary. As a guided meditation teacher, mindful parenting has always been, well, top of mind for me as I raise my daughter. I'm curious to know what others have experienced and what we can learn from each other and our kids. You can find more episodes at shaylapiri.ca or subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Today, we're joined by my dear friends, Taya Hulu and Bianca Bannister. They have two young boys and family is at the heart of everything they do. Taya and Bianca, hi, and thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Shay. Good, uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. There's a couple of questions that I ask each, um, each of the guests. And the first one that we're going to kick it off with is, what's the one thing you wish someone would have told you about becoming a parent that nobody told you? There's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let Bianca go first. (laughs) It's a hard one. One thing I wish, I mean, I feel like I had a lot of, I was around a lot of kids um, prior to, so I felt like from a more like, tactical day-to-day level, I really understood um, what would be, like, what it, what it entailed. I think, if anything, it would be, you know, patience might be the one thing with not under, I think I underestimated the amount of patience I probably would have needed from, you know, literally from the moment you wake up in the morning until you go to bed at night and just, um, you know, you everyone talks about, like, you know, your heart's going to grow and the love and that's all there. And the moment, you know, we had our first one, I think that definitely kicked in, but not recognizing how much like patience you would need on a day-to-day level for just even the like most minute of things from tying their shoes to listening to a story about a turtle and a squirrel that goes absolutely <laughs> nowhere. I would say probably that is, you know, gather your patience and make sure that you can just, you know, hold it together. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's one, that's one of them. Um, I think for me, and I'll I'll put the precursor out there just to let everyone like you know Bianca and I have been together for how long? Eight years? Is that right? You're asking me to tell me. I think eight years, and we have uh, two children, one five, and the other one that just turned one in September. And I think the biggest thing for me that no one no one ever told me about parenting is how, and I think I've I, I realized it, you know, over the last year or two, is just how much of, um, you're not really, I don't really call it, par- parenting is a lot like coaching. And, um, and the biggest thing, I can't, you can't get your children, or I think new way of parenting is that you, you can't really get your children to do what you want to do. All you can do is you can ask, you can advise. I think um, you can... Um, you know, use use all the tools that you have available to you to kind of get them to 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 do the things that you want to do, want them to do. But at the end of the day, they're they're their own people, and you can't really force them to do anything you really want them to do without really having a lot of conflict and tension. And I think um, for the biggest part for me is just realizing that they are their own people. I know people talk about it, but they really truly are. They have their own personality and they have their own way of doing things. 
And I think just being respectful and mindful of that really helps in your day to day. And it kind of trickles back to what Bianca was saying with the patience piece. But I think um, uh, that's the biggest thing for me to know is that I can't force, you can't really force your children to do anything. You can coach and advise, but at the end of the day, they're really, they're really in charge of like what's going to be happening or what's going to be going on. And, um, you know, but you, you know, we use our, 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 our skills to, um, uh, persuade and hopefully get the outcomes that we want or the, the, um, things that we want. But at the end of the day, I think that was my biggest takeaway is that I'm really not in control of anything. I'm just really coaching and advising. <laughs> You're just a bystander. No, no, yeah, that, that, yeah. that's so interesting that you say that. And I think, uh, you know, patience is a huge piece of that. Absolutely. But it actually leads to another question that I was going to ask. And it ha it's having to do with, you know, how we were raised, how our parents were raised and how parenting has changed over the past 50, 60, 70 years, because, you know, maybe you weren't advised about that portion of parenting or your experience with parenting in that way, because it just wasn't, it didn't come into play back then. You know, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe parents um, weren't as good as rec at recognizing their kids as actual people with actual little personalities. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think that it's, I think for us, definitely being, um, our parents or being first generation, is that right? Way of like first generation parents that are, are now that are, are, you know, our, our, both our parents came here from uh, different countries to kind of make a better, you know, life for themselves and their kids and, mm -hmm. uh, and their legacy. And a lot of the, the mentality that we have or our parents had was, was kind of rooted in like, well, that's just the way it was done. And this is how I was raised. So I'm going to raise you the same way. And, and I think, I think Shane, Yelka, we talk about this a fair bit. It's just like, you know, now, you know, over the last 30, 40 years, you know, we have a lot more resources available to us that, um, you know, so some of the things or some of the ways that we parented in the past, you know, we, we, you know, there's studies and there's professionals and there's access to information that really helps, um, to like, debunk a lot of the things that our parents were were how they raised us before and there's a different way to deal with child development and raising and we have so much more resources available to us and i think that's one of the main things i think bianca and i talked about when we first started having children it's just like you know to kind of break that cycle let's make our own legacy and define how we want to raise our kids you know um and i think it's a it's a constant discussion i think that we're having right bianca like it's not just um you know we're learning on the fly too but we're trying not to you know we know how we felt uh about certain ways the way our, our parents parented us and we knew that you know certain things that like that we dealt with with our parents we didn't want to have that um you know be a part of how we we're going to parent our, our our two young boys we wanted to kind of you know use the resources that we have available to us and kind of really um you know do better, you know, and really understand child development and how to raise their kids to be just really honorable people and people that trust us with their uh, emotions and their and their feelings. And um, I don't think our parents <laughs> came from that kind of school of thought, you know. Um, you have the same experience, Bianca? I did. I think the way that I 
consider it in, in my mind, right? Because I definitely agree with, you know, there are things, and I think all kids, right, irrelevant to where your parents came from, right? Is you kind of, as a child, you don't know, right? You're not aware of some of the reason parents make decisions and why things have to happen. So you kind of just look at them as these people who are just kind of stuffing something down your throat, yes. right? And, you know, when you're a toddler, you got to go with it, right? Up until a certain age and you start to, you know, you have that awakening and you're like, hey, I have thoughts and opinions and feelings. But by then, the dynamic has been set of, you know, especially for us, it was a kind of do as I say, mm-hmm. right? Don't question, don't ask, right? And just kind of follow. And that's exactly the case. That's what they knew. That's how they were raised. And, you know, that's, that's all that they knew. And so they had, they, they followed that same kind of playbook when they came here. And now, um, being a little bit more aware ourselves, right, as adults and individuals and kind of we spent the time reflecting on our childhoods and, you know, we see the, what were the things that really helped uh, us become, grow us as individuals and people, but what are the things that may have also um, maybe hindered us a little bit, right, and yeah. certain things that, you know, we had to kind of work through ourselves. So. I, I know for myself, I spent, there was a few years there where I spent a lot of time being very self-reflective and kind of thinking about, okay, like, what are the things that I want to continue with my children when I have them? And what are the things that I might want to change, right? And so for, like, for me, I'll speak about it. I mean, I wasn't, um, if I if I misbehaved, you know, very rarely would it result in anything physical happening. But, you know, obviously we, we I can see where my parents may have had to resort to that as a last resort now as a, as a parent where you're just like, you're exasperated, but like they said, they didn't have the tools to learn that there are other ways that you can mm-hmm. um, discipline your kids, right? So like they resorted to the last resort that they knew, but we know that there are more. So um, definitely understanding that they did what they knew, what they thought was best and what they knew. And with that kind of on our side kind of saying, okay, well, let's try to do better, right? And take the good that we loved and reinforce and continue those traditions and take the things that we think could have been done better and um, working with them. So that's kind of the way that I see it as like, you know, in, in, on my side, but, uh, yeah. yeah that makes like, sense. Is it, is it more the disciplinary piece that we're talking about? I guess, is it when, you know, I guess that's one facet. I think that's the overarching thing that, theme that we're talking about here. It's like the disciplinary piece of like when, you know, as a parent, you're at your wit's end, the patience has run out and the, and to get the, get the, um, result the want. result that you want, you you avert, you know, you go to uh, to hitting, and Bianca and I have made, uh, you know, and we're still young, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's still early, and our You're kids not are not. Uh, you were, not, yeah, I'm not <laughs> that. No, Bianca's young. I'm not. It's true. I'm not that young. So, uh, <laughs> but I think the <laughs> the root of it is that you know when things are going awry and your patience uh, is at its wit's end, you know. What our parents used to do is result to hitting uh, to get the the, um, the the result that you wanted or the action that you wanted from the child. And to me, I feel that that is um, somewhat. Um, I don't want I want to use my words carefully, but I would think that's kind of lazy um, because or not being um, you know we all talk about emotional IQ and in the patient's piece and, the, and that, kind of circling back to the mindfulness it's just like knowing that you know you're not in control of your kids actions and you can't force anyone even if it is your child to kind of do the things that you want and hitting is a, a really good way of um, 
not building trust with your child. And I know specifically with myself is like, what ends up happening is that when you end up hitting your children, they end up resenting you and end up uh, not trusting you. So when things, when they really want to be vulnerable or be able to share, they're going to feel that I don't want to share because what, when I do something wrong or do something bad, it's going to be physically harmful to me. And I don't want, and I, I, I can speak personally, you know, directly. And I'm not saying I got hit a lot, but I'm saying I can look back at my life and some of the, you know, things I would disclose to my parents or not disclose to my parents. And I know it's rooted in the fact of one disappointment and two trust and three, the disciplinary actions that they were going to get, I would, you know, uh, uh, that, I, that might've resulted from it. Right. So instead of me being vulnerable and sharing and actually looking for advice and coaching for my parents, I didn't look to them for that because I knew that their form of coaching or advice would be hitting. <laughs> right. <laughs> and what I was saying like, at that time, right. That's, that's what they had in their bag of resources. Yeah. Right. And so we now in, you know, 2023 have more in that bag of resources. So that is to us like that, not, that's in a whole different bag. That's a bag we never want to touch. Right. Like we've got three bags now and that is so far away from us. That's a bag in the corner somewhere that you've locked it away somewhere. It's not one that's accessible to us. So, um, you know, like I said, so for me, it's just recognizing that they did what they knew. And I, kind of bringing it back like it beyond it's not just discipline right I remember one day I was in the car driving home from work I must have been like this is before I had my son I was like maybe 32 or something like that and I was driving home from work and I was thinking about I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna like have a workout and a salad and a drink and my shows and like planning my whole wonderful restful evening after a long day of work and I sat there and I'm like my mom had a nine-year-old when she was my age at that time Oh, wow. And it made me sit there and say, like, I can't imagine working all day and then having a nine-year-old at the time. And I think I was 32, like I said, and being like, okay, well, now I got to be on with a nine-year-old who's probably got to go to do homework, got to get to school, got to, like, listen to her ramble on about something that she saw or, you know, like, it, it kind of made me look at her in a different light and say, like, wow, right? I remember I called her and I said, like, you know, it just dawned on me. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. Exactly. Right. Because, you know, all of these things that like, I didn't realize that you were doing on the back end of things. And, you know, she just, she just did it because she had to, right. And so it kind of makes me appreciate um, the opportunities that I had, right. And yeah, but everything you're talking about is really, I think, is really at the heart of what it is to be a mindful parent. And, you know, we're so lucky today that we do have this whole other set of tools accessible to us. And then it's about knowing what those tools are, learning about them, and then having the wherewithal and the patience to take a breath and use them, right? When they really, when they really count, not have that emotional reaction that to both of your points, and I have the same experience, that might actually end up having like long lasting effects on your kid, right? And maybe not mm-hmm. such a positive way. And so, yeah, as a parent myself, I, I really throughout uh, when my daughter was growing up, tried to take those moments so that I wasn't maybe repeating some mistakes. And I, you know, I didn't have anything. I was very fortunate. Like I had a great set of parents and a great upbringing, but sometimes when, when you are at the receiving end of that emotional exasperation, 
separated reaction, it really hurts, right? And it really sticks with you um, sometimes for your whole life. So yeah, super, super important stuff. And uh, so with all of this in, in mind and like talking about having young kids and, you know, you, your, your careers and juggling it all like your like our parents had to do. Um, Tay, recently we were talking about um, just some experiences that you were having in terms of dealing with your career, dealing with life changes, uh, dealing with being a new parent. Um, are you comfortable with talking a little bit about that? And yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. For sure. Um, definitely. Yeah, it's a very, uh, it's, I think it's very healthy to have these kind of conversations, um, not just with, um, your partner, but just out and open, a lot of enlightenment can kind of come from it, but I'll kind of like start, um, you know, kind of back and just kind of discuss in terms of like, you know, kind of leading up to, you know, where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, both Bianca and I, I think I would be considered very driven and ambitious people. We both have very uh, senior level jobs that, you know, demanded a lot of uh, our time and effort. Uh, you know, we manage a lot of people and uh, very relied on in our in our professional life um, with, you know, with our subordinates and, 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 and the people we work with. And um, it's funny because, you know, I've always worked. I've always, you know, I've lived um, in different countries and I've always just been, you know, living in the moment, doing different things, working as a CA in Canada, in the in, in United States and in a little bit in the UK. And, um, you know, I never really took any time off. You know, when I met Bianca, um, it was a very whirlwind, I would think very quick <laughs> love affair. I think we, <laughs> things move fast. Things love move really, really fast. Yeah, yeah, things move really fast. And, and um, you know, and, and that's okay. Because in love, there's no time frame in terms of when, you know, when you fall in love with yeah. someone and how you define how things are going to happen and stuff like that. Um, so we had our first kid, um, Tristan, um, and it was beautiful and it was, you know, the whole first time parent thing and we were, you know, my job was really good and Bianca was starting her new career um, uh, at a new role and everything was very good um, um, in that sense. We moved into, um, you know, to move, we moved out to the suburbs, obviously, to get a little bit more space. Um, and it's funny because we we're about to have, right when we were about to have our second, we decided we we're going to have our second kid, the pandemic hit. And so we just, you know, obviously like everyone else in the world, everything went on pause, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknowns. And we're just like, well, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> let's just, we don't know if the world's ending or what have you. No one did. So yeah. let's just talk. No one did. No one knew yeah. what was going on. Um, so let's put a pause on that and and see where you know where things go uh fast forward like just you know with the that with the pandemic and the uncertainty that everyone was going on and just the shifting in lifestyles you know we you know i think we um you know decided to sell our places we bought a new place because we needed more space mm-hmm. um my company was going through some crazy acquisitions and due diligence and relying on me a lot for um a lot of stuff we said F it and said we're you know we we're gonna have our uh, our second kid <laughs> we moved <laughs> we're, yeah, we're just gonna do it we decided to have our second kid moved into a new house 
I was dealing with a lot of pressures from uh, from a career perspective in terms of um, my roles and responsibilities. And on top of that, you know, um, I think with the pandemic, with my career, uh, the, the, my career um, obligations, you know, the moving around that we did in terms of shuffling, in terms of our uh, our personal finances and, and, and where we were and, and habitats that we were dealing with. Then, as you well know, you know, one of my good friends um, was diagnosed with uh, colon cancer and died. Yeah, uh, that was really hard for me to deal with. And then on top of that, I had, um, you know, my, my mother, who is, very, you know, the matriarch of our home, it's really the, the bond and that keeps everything kind of intact with, uh, with our family. She had a really uh, bad health scare. Um, um, so that got her into an emergency and a lot of um, uh, issues and health issues that we didn't know, we kind of knew surface-wise, uh, were there really got exacerbated and kind of brought to light and brought to the surface um, and, and brought to the surface there and then on top of that i i, I you know I, I looked back even when i was thinking about this bianca even and then uh, and then i also had a near life <laughs> death experience where i almost got hit by a tcc bus in the middle of downtown toronto so all, wow. all this kind of happened literally within the span of, you know, eight to 10 months. And it was tough. It was really hard. And I just was at a, a I wasn't really in a good place. You know, uh, I didn't, I don't think I had the tools or wherewithal to know, you know, that I needed a break. And it really took Bianca to kind of look at me and look at, you know, my mental health yeah. and say, Hey, like, you know, you've been, I'm on mat leave. You've never really had a break before. I'll, since I've ever known you, we've dealt with a lot of, to be honest, trauma over the last, you know, eight to 10 months. Like you need a break. You need to like stop and reflect and figure out, um, you know, what you want to do specifically career-wise, what you want to do and what type of parent you want to be how you want to, you know, refocus and, and rebalance or center yourself. Because right now, you know, you're no, I wouldn't say, I, I'm using harsh words, it's not the words Bianca used, but I'm no help to uh, her or our family or any of my existing friends if I'm not right from a mental health perspective or I don't have that kind of clarity and, and balance. And it really took Bianca to kind of, um, you know, my own selfish pride to say like, no, I don't like, you know, internally I'm saying to myself, I don't really need help. I just need, you know, I just got to just right, keep going. Right, because you're conditioned to think you... like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right? tough. I'm right, I'm that. tough. I can just keep doing it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously with all that that was going on, you know, it really took my wife and Bianca to kind of um, to uh, acknowledge that or make me realize that, that I needed that break. And, um, you know, she was really supportful, supportive and helpful in terms of, um, you know, letting, allowing me to do that in terms of like, hey, you know, you know, if you don't like your job, it's okay. Like we can, we, you know, quit. There's no, you know, if you don't, if you need to refocus and channel and, and figure out what our, what your life is supposed to look like or our life is supposed to look like, you know, now that you have all these, you know, that potentially you're going to might have to care for your mom. It, you know, you need flexibility to be a really good dad and, and, and supportive uh, father for 
um, for your kids and also be there as a husband, like take the time, you know? So we use all the resources available to us at the federal level. That's an incredibly supportive partner. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Like I give her, I don't think I give her enough kudos um, um, to to say, you know, enough uh, kudos to say like how helpful it was for me because I can honestly say now, you know, in the new year, even though things are still not as chaotic as we said, you know, as I said, because we have two, you know, two kids and everything like that, but I have more clarity, you know, and I have like, um, I feel a lot more, um, focused in terms of like okay like we can do this and these are the things that we need to do and i have you know and and i have a really supportive partner and that really takes the burden off of me to kind of feel like i have to do it all by myself because it is a partnership and sometimes i think couples lose sight of that that it's you know you're not in it alone and so thank you bianca for for, for being for being such a great one oh. bianca have you noticed a change in tay and how long did it take and like what are some significant changes that that you see definitely for sure there's a change because i remember it it, it it was never it always felt like you know that eight to ten month time from right it's like it kind of went from zero to a hundred one day right so yeah. noticing that just as the weight that was on him right increased right every time something happened you're just like at work right you're working from home and maybe this is the, one of the the only good things i think of the pandemic is I got to be there when he's working, right? So I don't think we've ever, we've never worked together in the same environment to kind of see, we each know that we have, you know, high demand jobs and, you know, a lot of pressure sometimes, but being in it all day, right? And seeing each other literally like at, working at 110% of our capacity all day long. And then seeing when you come out of that room or that office and like seeing the like, the, the like stress that's on your body and on your mind, right? before you've decomposed, before you've had that time to like shift your mindset. So I saw that change happen in him um, over the months. And then when our friend um, Dan was diagnosed and kind of seeing that kind of just like escalated that level of, of pressure on him, right? So as things happened, I could see it and I saw like there was that tipping point and I really did when that moment happened, I think it'll be ingrained in me probably for the rest of my life when that news came in that his mother was in hospital, yeah. that like, seeing that when it was literally like, okay, this is, this is not sustainable anymore. Right. So for me, now that he, the, the only saving grace is that we had had conversations over probably I want to say maybe like a month prior mm-hmm. to six weeks, right. Where he, he had said, you know, I said, let's go for walks, right. I'm on leave. Let's just go for walks. Take a, You've got an hour between calls between work. Let's just go for walks and get some fresh air. And it gave us a space to talk about like, um, you know, how are you doing and what do you want to see in your life and where do you want to go, right? And just just, just speak freely, right, without a lot of any pressure or anything like that. So yeah. when these things, and I said, okay, well, hey, we've been talking about this. We've got a plan. We can put it in action now, right? A little sooner than maybe we would have anticipated, but let's make that shift. So once, you know, we got over that hurdle with his mom and her um, medical situation started to stabilize a little bit more, which thankfully it is now, mm-hmm. um, I could see, right, week to week that things are a little bit more, the pressure's off. And so what's now happening too is now that he's not, you know, the job that he had isn't a factor anymore, right? The opportunities that he had been seeking for himself where work was considered, like some of them kind of fell on his lap a little bit, right? Oh, that's but he had to kind of make room for that, right? And, and make space. So yeah. 
like space for it, exactly. So um, I do see the change in just the way that he is able to like engage with the kids, the way that he himself, like when he finishes working, right? Cause he's still just working in a different capacity now. Like he's not as drained, right? And as like, just it's not as heavy as it was before, right? Same industry, same type of role, but just different environment, right? And it's given him the flexibility because he's kind of his own boss in a sense too. That it's just, it, it, yeah, it's made his, his demeanor and it's made him, you know, a little bit freer, I would say for sure. And even the conversations that we need to have, like they, they're much more, um, uh, they're not as, as heavy as they were before, let's say. Oh, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you guys. And I think that's part and part of the reason for that probably is because there's just the trust between the two of you is even greater and even deeper. Am I right, Tay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, um, yeah, Bianca's my best friend, you know, but I don't, are you, my, am I your best friend? I don't know. Sometimes I wonder. <laughs> but she said something really cool on, on vacation to me. She said, you know, yeah. you can probably say it for, I'm paraphrasing here. I want to hear she was under a lot of tequila <laughs> shops. I'll oh, be honest. But she had said, I'm paraphrasing here, but she pretty much said, like, you know, listen, I, I, we're never always going to like each other. There's some days that we're going to like each other, but we're always going to love each other. And I said, that's very true because I'm not going to like you every day and you're not going to like me every day. <laughs> And that's, and that's okay. Yes, we were out and I think we were at the beach and like kids were lounging around, my family were all having drinks and enjoying ourselves. We went on a group trip, right? And I went to give him a hug and I'm like, I love you, babe. And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, not all the time. And I'm like, I love you all the time. I don't like you all the time, but I love you all the time. Okay. And I like he's seen, he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, why? Do you not love me all the time? He's like, Sometimes, most of the time. I'm like, no. I, I, I didn't win an epic fail on that, right? Like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'd say so. beautiful. I'm like, it was quite like that. It's a little bit of a shot at You know what I meant. Well, thank God Bianca's a very understanding person. That's all I have to say. <laughs> okay, so sometimes self care looks like tequila. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Self-care is what, like, what's your go-to self-care during the week? Like, you've got two young kids, busy jobs. What's, what's, uh, what's like a non-negotiable for you? Uh, I think I can speak a little bit for both of us. And I think, like, I think, uh, you know, physical activity and exercise is so important. I can't stress this for young parents that are in the gauntlet right now to really etch out that hour for self-care in whatever form it looks like, if it's breathing, meditation, exercise, walking, reading, whatever it looks like, and your partner has to be, it's non-negotiable. And I think Bianca does it her, you know, very well in terms of you know making sure she's going for her uh, massages with her, um, you know, with the benefits that she has and making sure she's, you know, she's going and exercising every other day. Uh, and we respect it. It's not where we, you know, mm. if Bianca, ha- you know, my, you know, our, if my day's on a Wednesday, Bianca knows that whatever I'm doing, however she's scheduling her time, she knows that she needs to be back at 
you know, the house between six and seven because that pays self-care hours, vice versa. You know, when Bianca has things going on or, you know, needs that time to release it and, 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 and do the things for she, that she needs to do from a self-care perspective, I'm on board for it. My, my, you know, my mother was a mental health uh, practitioner and working. So I've always been cognizant of mental health before. I never thought it was taboo. Like as a young teenager, I knew about mental health and how important it was. So I know it's been in the forefront and, and very much, you know, in the news now. And it's, a, it's almost like a catchphrase now. But I've always been very um, in tune to um, your mental health is important and making the time and however you need to make sure that, that that's a, a big part of your life in terms of making sure that, that your brain is strong and your mental health is strong and however, you know, um, things that you need to do to help facilitate that. I've always been a big advocate for that, but uh, I don't know if it's you go ahead, Bianca. Like for me, um, exercise mm-hmm. is a really big important, is, is really is probably the, the main way that I uh, give myself that kind of, that care and, it depends, right? It depends on the week. It depends on the month. It depends on the year. So, um, yeah, as a new parent, self-care is different, you know, depending on the stage, stage and phase that you're in, right? And so when you've got really young kids, it might just be a walk. It might just be, you know, getting to wash your hair. <laughs> Shower. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. About, like, taking an hour upstairs to like wash my hair once a week and you know deep condition maybe shave like and that was it for a week if i could just get on a sunday night to set me up for the week that's all i needed right and after that but then as they got older and a little bit more independent it was okay i get to exercise right and you know if i got to go for walks or go for a run you know once a week on a sunday for half an hour and then eventually it's working out more often right but why do people feel so, and this is a question for both you guys, like why do people feel so guilty to allow themselves to have time for themselves? I don't get it. Let me preface this. I've had this conversation. I feel like I kind of have an answer because I've had this conversation with two girlfriends more recently who are literally facing this issue right now, which is they are spent. They don't know what to do and they feel guilty taking care of yeah. themselves. Mm. Right. And so the so it's kind of in a sense like and if people look at me and they're like, Oh, you seem like you've got a balance. I'm like, I took me a lot of time to find to give myself the permission to do these things, right? Because I would feel guilty if I like went for a run or did anything for myself, hung out in the basement for half an hour stretching. Like I'd feel super guilty huh. about it. But I said, like, if that happens, you can't pour from an empty cup in a sense, right? So whatever it is that it takes to fill your glass, fill your cup so you can help your family, you have to do it otherwise you're of no use to anybody, right? And this became more apparent to me when Tay's mom had her medical issue because, you know, seeing that she is the, literally the glue of, of our whole family. family. Without, without her, it just falls apart. literally cannot function. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> she's, you know, she's not there. Yeah. And so, um, like, everything, like, they can't find car keys. People don't know where, like, they just went to dinner. They just, they're, they're, yeah. they're their next, right? <laughs> oh, and so, you know, kind of seeing that she kept some stuff, she, she not kept, I should say, like, wasn't maybe as forthcoming about certain medical situations because she didn't want to be a burden, right? Yeah. But it's the same thing, like, you've got to take care of yourself and you have to let people take care of you so that, you know, you can be at your best for the others, right? It's this kind of cyclical, right? It's a symbiotic relationship. So um, to me, it's saying to people, like, find the time, carve out the time because you will feel better, your family will be better 
for whatever that looks like. And so, you know, allowing yourself, if you have, I consider us to be pretty um, uh, blessed, privileged, whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use, um, that we are able to afford certain, um, you can call them luxuries, that maybe our parents couldn't, yep. right? So we were speaking with um, our, our nanny, uh, yes, I was chatting with her, and she was kind of talking about, like, how um, her mom was the primary caregiver. Like, they never had a babysitter. Wow. Never, ever, ever was anyone except the mother or the father watching them. Because getting someone, paying somebody to help just wasn't an in their, yep. it, it wasn't an option, right? So in that sense, that's why I talk about selfishness, of saying, like, you know, I'm going to take an hour to go for a workout. Back then, like, that was, who's going to watch my kids? Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's such a good and point. like if I lose it all that so that's it, right? So now we're at a stage where I said to my friends, I'm like, look, like we're 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 lucky that we can afford to do this, right? And we have help, whether it comes from our parents, like right now we're here doing this podcast and my mom came over and she's like, Oh yeah, sure, I'll hang out with the kids, you know, well for an hour or two while you go and do whatever you have to do. Right. But they didn't have that. So you feel guilty sometimes because you're not keeping up with, you know, our parents are able to do it. Why can't we do it? Right. But now it's saying like they, yeah, but at what cost? Yeah, I totally okay. agree. I mean, I was a, a single mom uh, until about five years ago. My daughter is 16 now. And I actually never really felt guilty about like literally stealing away whatever hour I could every other day because I just knew, and I'm a person that I need to exercise. And I used to jog, um, you know, 10k every other day because I, I needed to um, for my emotional mm. and mental well-being and I knew that if I didn't get that exercise in like it wasn't going to be good for anybody so I totally understand that. I was like it was like a constant mission of mine to like find a babysitter and get someone over to watch uh, watch Ella for an hour or two but it was so worth it totally worth it but if you think about it it's really it comes back to kind of what we're talking about uh earlier, right, when we came to our parents and the resources they had within their bags. So um, if you don't give yourself the space and the time, right, to self-care, right, it doesn't have to be exercise. For some people, it's just reading a book and having, like, uninterrupted time to, like, read the newspaper or go for a walk or just, or anything, right? Like, watch a TV show on the couch just an hour a day, whatever you need, right? But if you are parents who didn't do that, right, you become emotionally spent. There's nothing left in your cup fill others so when you're faced with you know a child who's not listening or who's just drooling on about something or you know something that's not working the way you want it to you have nothing left to give so you kind of resort to whatever's at the bottom of the bag yeah. right it to, to manage that and i think that's where we talk about you know our parents didn't have that right and a lot of it like as parents of immigrants they didn't have a lot of people that they could rely on to say like hey who's going to help with you know child care mm -hmm. that they trust that they knew right some of it was our parents moved to montreal when they first got here it was a language barrier too right so you know now that we as parents are able we have access to resources we have access to people and we realize that like the, the, if we take care of ourselves a little bit we can be that much better when we're taking care of our family and help nurture and grow our kids right and even this goes beyond just our children right i mean like it this is about the modern family right and the modern family isn't the nuclear two parents and two children and a dog, right? right? It's now looking like, you know, we've got our grandparents. We've got our parents, we've got grandparents, you've got nieces and nephews. Like, it's a yeah. much, yeah. So even supporting, right? When I look at Tay, like, he's, you know, very close with his mother, right? And that's very much when we do anything family events, like, 
it's never four. It's always a matter of like, okay, my mom, <laughs> your mom, yeah. your dad, my grandmother, my sister, like everything is okay. It's somebody's birthday, 20 people are yeah. people. Like it's just, oh, that is the new nuclear, at least for us, right. right? So for now, and we should embrace that, you know, because we don't know how long it's going to be that's going to be like that. So um, that gives us joy. That gives us, and that's, you know, one of the reasons why we got our, the house that we're in right now. Yes, it was a, a derivative of that was, or one, we need more space for our office, but we also wanted to be a gathering spot for our extended family, our supportive family, because that gives us joy, yeah. that keeps us sane. You know, those are all those, um, you know, if it comes to the point where, you know, one of our family members is in the bind, there's a, there's a home and there's a space, there's a, there's a, there's a place for them to be, be, be welcomed and, and be accepted. Uh, so, Love that. You know, Love it. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really. And your kids are going to have such great memories because of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they don't take Mario games away from our son and <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty good. That's good. It's really good. All right. So, so um, yeah. as we wrap things up, uh, and I wanted to say thank you both again so That's much. That's it. We're all done. We were just, I feel we're just starting. One more question. Started. One more question. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you back on. Absolutely. Okay. Um, okay, so question for each of you to answer separately. Um, in one word, what does being a mindful parent mean to you? In one word? Yeah. Just awareness, I would say for me, awareness. Awareness, good one. Can I add context around the word? Yeah, sure. This is my day to day. I would say, um, <laughs> I guess the, the word would kind of be like, individuality okay yeah expand let us know because the, and the reason i use this word is every child is different yeah right and so the way that you mindfully parent for one versus the other and this is not a new concept right but one is vastly different than the way you would mindfully parent another and so to me mindful parenting is remembering that like everyone's in each each of these kids are different they're unique, the way that they're going to approach things, the way that I have to approach them, and the way that they want to give and receive love are each going to be different. So mm -hmm. to me, it's really about remembering that, like, they're, they're one, their own person, right? Yeah. They're not extensions of me. They're not mini versions of me. They're not half people. They're their own full, well-rounded person um, with their own likes and dislikes and ways of working. And so I, sorry, I should have said work term. Their ways of being. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, that's the thing. It's individuality and just remembering that. I guess. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that one. Thank yeah. you. Same upbringing, same environment, but they are completely different people, and how you parent are completely different. Well, they're both beautiful, beautiful boys, and they are lucky to have you as parents. And thank you both again so much for coming on today. And we'll have you back. And we can maybe talk about more about, you know, parenting uh, multiple kids and, and uh, you know, the ins and outs of, of that. Because that's something yeah, I know nothing yeah. about. I feel that we just scratched the surface. Yeah, we just scratched the surface. We got, we can deep dive into this. I hope we, hopefully you have a time again. This is great. I will, absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Take care.